Training, mindset, integrity, incremental improvement. What can you do better today? Start right here with the Pandola Project. Welcome back to the Pandola Project. Okay, guys, today we have a really great podcast with a couple of my athletes that I have been so lucky to coach since they were just freshmen in high school, Rosie and Ileana. Both of these girls had high levels of success in running. I really enjoy watching them grow and learn as they grow. And it's so special to me to hear what they have to say about their experiences along the way, what they've learned. What about you, Jake? What did you take from this today? I loved hearing what they took from their sport and their training and how they apply it to the rest of their lives. These, I don't want to say kids, because even though they are significantly younger, these are young adults. These were really intelligent young women, and I was actually taking notes listening to them talking like that's a really good point of wisdom I'm, I'm gonna have to remember that and they're just getting into college that's amazing they're beyond their years so you put it really well and I think that it listen if you have kids that are up and coming that are in high school or even younger I think this is a great podcast for them to listen to as well I think these girls are such great role models and I tell you what their parents have done such a great job giving them the atmosphere giving them the culture giving them the structure to grow the way they did. I really attribute a lot of their success to their parents. I'm super, super proud to be a part of that process. And I kind of think of myself like being maybe a second dad, if you will, if that's, I hope that's okay to say the parents listening, but I was so impressed by the fact that they were talking about all the listen, understand and verify topics that we've talked about over the years it's obvious that they had a lot of great experiences and they really popped today giving us the experiences, giving us the learning lessons in life that has worked for them. And I believe that it's going to help you too. And they were very attentive when you were giving them the education stations because they were both spouting off wisdom. And I think I had heard it from you somewhere in the past. I said, ah, they listened to Matt. They definitely did. So yeah, without further ado, we're going to start the interview. Yeah, man. So welcome to the Pandola Project. We are so lucky today to have Lexi Ornelis. I say Ornelis, right, Lexi? Yes. And Rosie Linkus here with us today. So guys, we have you here today because you're both runners. You've both run for moi, which of course I'm so thankful for being a part of that experience with you. You're both now collegiate bound, collegiate running. So Rosie, I know you're, of course, course, running for Pomona. We'll start with you a little bit. But yeah. So, Rosie, right now, you just finished your summer training, and we were talking about this before you guys came in. Of course, you had to get your workout in over at Pandola before you came into the studio here. You bet. Yeah. And Ileana, you did that workout with Rosie course, as well. Yeah. Of course. Of course. And, of course, the process to success that we talk about a lot of times with our athletes, it has a little bit more to do with who that person is and what kind of a culture that, that they've established. And you two, man, you've created such a special culture over there. I will say that you two make me look good. Oh, thank you. With you, Rosie, I know you're getting ready to run cross country over at Pomona. 
I am. What do you think about cross country? Because you're really an 800 runner. Yeah, well, I think that cross country gives me an opportunity to build on that endurance and not just physically, but mentally as well. Um, In the 800, of course, it's mental and physical, but cross country is a different beast. Like you got to tackle a 6K versus a half mile. That's probably eight times the distance I think about. So really, it just provides another kind of training for me. Maybe I'm not doing those 200 meter repeats, but I'm doing those longer distance repeats. And that's really making me mentally prepared to tackle the shorter distances. It tells me, you know what? I've done all the hard work. I've run up mountains, literally. There are some runners out here in the 800 who might not have run up mountains, and I have that edge. That's awesome. That's the open mindset we talk about a lot, just the way you think about running cross country to get better for track. And you're right. That gives you an edge. That gives you some mental toughness, some callousing that maybe other 800 runners haven't experienced because they're not doing cross country, right? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, Ileana over here, you're going to a little college. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of it. I think it's called uh, Dartmouth. Yeah, I am. So you got into Dartmouth. Of course, that in itself is a huge accomplishment. Let's uh, just talk a little bit about what you expect to do in the next few months, transitioning, going to Dartmouth. What's that going to be like for you, you think? Um, I definitely think it's going to be very different, but very exciting. I'm not running on the varsity team. Wasn't quite at hitting the recruitment standards, but running's been part of my life. I love doing it, and I'm hoping to continue at least at a club level. And then I'm also thinking of possibly transferring to maybe some other sports, possibly triathlon. I think this is giving me the chance to try some things I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to do if I was on a structured team. So it's a little more open and less controlled than I'd like, but I also think it's really exciting and who knows where it'll lead. Another great example of open mindset. All right, girls, so we're going to talk a little bit about how you got started. What got you started in running in the first place? So, Rosie, we'll start with you on that one. Yeah, well, honestly, running was a way for me to fulfill a PE requirement at Bishop Minot Catholic High School. And it was my first year. I I wasn't totally active, maybe a, a surfer, tennis player combo, really strange mixture. But I figured that running might be an easy way for me to fulfill this credit. Of course, I was very wrong. It was very difficult. But because of that, it kind of kept me going. And I stuck with it because I figured, you know, if I can't run for longer than three minutes, I got to make this a goal. And that just started a series of events that led me to eventually cutting down my times from very slow to fast for myself and it led me to be able to compete better and eventually I was looking at colleges and it led to where I am now. That's wonderful. Of course I was lucky enough to be your coach in that experience. It was wonderful having you as a coach. I'll tell you you did teach me a lot because you were just beginning in, in the sport and of course as a coach you try to look at where every athlete is and where good goals for that season where you think they might end up and of course you just blew me away by the end of the season you were running minutes faster in a 5k than you started so really so much value in what you taught me as a coach don't limit your athletes in your mind to what you think they can do allow them to grow and progress and see what they can do so you know I just had to get out of your way but you you really had so much improvement in one season it was 
amazing. And I think that's, you started getting a little bit of a bug then, right? Yeah, no, totally. I started to get the runner's bug and what started out as a small way to fulfill a P requirement turned into a whole lifelong passion that I can take with me throughout my entire life into my older years, even after college, after I finish competing, I'll still be running out on the trails. You can find me on the trails. I love it. I just remember beginning of the season, you were a freshman and of course you were kind of running some freshman times uh-huh. and then it was JV times and then the very last JV meet of the year, JV championships, you ran so fast, you ran a qualifying varsity time and made our varsity team, right? Yeah, I did. Amazing. Um, and that was definitely part of the runner's bug as well. It got me going. It told me, you know, this hard work will pay off. I just have to focus on myself, uh, focus on being a better version of myself and becoming that 1% better and just doing my best. That's all I could do. And that's just what I focused on. And it paid off. And I'm really happy and also very grateful for the people around me and my family and my coach, you and um friends like Ileana who just helped push me along. Yeah, so talking about Ileana. Ileana, what got you started in running? So both my parents were runners and I was a pretty high energy kid. So they first pushed me toward cross country in middle school as an after school activity to kind of keep me occupied. And I realized as I started doing the practices that A, I was kind of decent at this and that, you know, I enjoyed it. It was a sport. There was kind of a team aspect. It didn't involve a ball. And slowly Slowly over the next cross country and track seasons in middle school and then high school, I slowly fell in love with it. And slowly the workouts became something I was like, I guess I'll do them to something I actually looked forward to. Wow. So as a freshman, you were, I remember, a bit bouncy, we'll say, as a runner, weren't you? That's an understatement. (laughs) (laughs) I remember your coach talking to me. And in your case, you ran for a different coach. I was coaching a different team, which Rosie was on. But I would watch you and that coach would talk to me about you and he just really believed in you. Your coach Ed, maybe you could talk about him a little bit. Ed Haywood, just a fantastic guy, a true believer in every single kid that's on his team. But he would tell me, I'm telling you she's going to be something special. Let's talk about that a little bit. How much did that encouragement help you along the way? Yeah, I was super lucky that my track, spring track season, we got a new coach who was Ed and he was entirely different people from my previous coaches. He was incredibly supportive. He came to practice super prepared. He believed and actually tried to connect with all of us. And he was an adult, which my other coaches wouldn't didn't necessarily act like that all the time. And beyond that, he was always there. He was always in your corner or he'd always be supporting us on our races, but not, not just in our races and the running, but in school. And he's became an incredibly important part of my life. And I don't know if, if I'd be where I was without him. Just having his steady support through my ups and downs, no matter what. Yeah, I've I've always said about Ed, he's taught me so much about not just being a better coach, but a better person. He's he's wise beyond his years. And I tell you what, people don't care about how much you know until they know how much you care. And what I've learned from Ed mainly is that latter part. I'm so grateful to him for bringing you to me as well. And so we worked a lot on your gait, 
and getting you stronger to be able to push that ground away and have a little bit more efficiency. We like to say we like to glide for it as we run. So we went from a lot of bouncing or oscillation, we call it in the running world, to gliding. And you took, it took time. I mean, it didn't yeah. happen right away, did it? No, it didn't. It took probably about a year. Part of it was just doing the strength training every single day, getting stronger so that especially later in the races, I wouldn't go up. I'd go forward instead of up. And then also, I would just during my easy runs, I'd really have to concentrate on taking small steps. I'd like tell myself during runs, small steps, small steps, make my footsteps really quiet so I couldn't hear them. And just I'd have to do that both during the hard runs and also just during the easy runs when normally I prefer to sometimes zone out. And just over time, it slowly made such a big difference. Well said. And a little coach's note here, but she's saying strength training every day, but really it's that daily personal protocol that you are doing to activate the right muscles, to mobilize and stabilize the right muscles. So you get your feet a little bit more under your hips, and that's where you're kind of referring to those smaller steps. Yeah, that. Yeah. And of course, you and Rosie, you're definitely completely different body types, mm -hmm. and yet you both have reached very high levels in running. And Rosie ended up setting a school record in the 800 and you ended up being an all-state runner and you were third in the state in the two mile. Mm -hmm. And in cross country, you were third in the yeah. state as well. Amazing senior year that you had. And what I love about both of your stories is that this did not happen overnight. You had to really work hard every single day to get to that bigger goal. And I know when you first got into running, it was maybe more of a PE requirement, right? Yep. And I know that you're also both huge academics. I mean, obviously, the schools you're going to, you have to be students first. And that's, well, everybody should be a student first. But we had now a little bit clearer of a picture about what we could attain. Most people are going to have a tough time spending a year to two years to get to that point finally. And especially in a point like distance running doesn't get as much acknowledgement as, say, if you join the girls' volleyball team or something like that, sure, especially in yeah. your schools, right? Totally. How was that for you, though? Going through those kind of experiences, maybe not getting as much acknowledgement right away, not seeing the improvements coming super quick, how did you believe that that was going to happen in a year or two years? Rosie, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it comes down to just trusting your hard work and knowing that it'll pay off. In an individual sport like running, it's a little bit easier for that hard work to pay off because you're really relying on yourself when it comes down to that moment in the race when you have to push. And so for me, I think I never envisioned being able to cut down the time like I did, but I knew that I would get faster because I was just focusing on myself and also focusing on those micro steps, those micro goals, one step at a time, not looking too far out into the future, but just focusing on my goals for the next week. Hey, I want to run an extra mile in the mile repeats, or I want to be 15 seconds faster in this rep for two miles. Just having those really specific micro goals helped me along the way. And it's all trust, just trusting in yourself. And also it comes down to um, just trusting your coach and trusting yourself and 
that's really what I did. Absolutely, you did. I love your story in part because even the way that you run now is with higher revolutions than most. Right. And I remember watching you making such huge improvements. But of course, you know this, but we'll share with the audience listening that there was some objections to even how you were running and the revolutions you were running at by other people, other coaches that thought they knew better, right? Right. But you knew you. And as your coach, I wasn't about to change what was working. The revolutions were high, but they were working really well for you. And you didn't change that. You stayed very strong and true to you in that process. And it ended up working out really well. Last thing I'll say, but I always remember this, watching you race one time where you still weren't near the school record, but you dove across the line, dove across the line just to get that little bit more of a PR and I thought to myself, okay, it's just a matter of time. This girl is willing to do the work and she's so gutsy. It's crazy what you are willing to put yourself through in a good way. We Mm -hmm. talk about grace, gratitude and guts and I'm like, man, this girl has all of those things in spades. It's just a matter of time. Right. So I don't think that most people understand the difference between a student athlete trying to get in academically, getting in the workload that you two have gotten in and being able to balance that with athletics. So I'd like to talk about that. You both had a heavy workload through high school. But Ileana, I know that with you, you were in a specific program that really, of course, eventually helped you get into Dartmouth. But the workload was incredible. And I remember you definitely couldn't strength train as much as I would have liked in the beginning, but we worked with that and we slowly built up more as you had a little bit more time as you got adjusted to the workload. But talk a little bit about that. How did you manage all of that? Yeah, so especially starting my junior year, my workload, because I went into a certain program, the IB program. What is IB? Yeah, it's International Baccalaureate. It's an international program that kind of like AP, but they accept it over many countries. And there's a strong emphasis on a foreign language component, as well as internal in your classes, as well as an external research project. So on top of like the regular course load, you have to do a research project for each class. And then you have to take a separate class that is called theory of knowledge that focuses kind of on how you think. And then you have to do a research essay of your choice over two years. So over time, especially if you got behind in any one of your classes, you wouldn't have time to catch up. And that, especially when I first started the program, was incredibly, it was a hard lesson to learn. But over time, I realized there was kind of three important things that led to my success in athletics and running or academics. One, I could not fall behind. If something was due, I'd have to do it on the weekends or whenever I had time or even in class. And then the other thing that became super important to me personally was I needed to get enough sleep. I don't function as well as some people on a lack of sleep, and it really affects my running. And then just also in class, I'd be falling asleep. And if you're falling asleep in math, it's pretty hard to get a good grade in math. So eventually, the thing that really kind of changed for me is I realized I had to prioritize sleep, and that forced me to really work smarter and be more economical with my time management. And that, in turn, helped make sure I got enough time to do in my strength workouts and also really helped me be more relaxed at practice. 
Yeah. And I know, Rosie, you had a similar kind of workload. In fact, I remember at one point, we were looking pretty closely at your heart rate variability levels, you know, HRV. Right, right. Talk about that a little bit, how you ended up turning that corner. Because I know, let's be honest, it got overwhelming for both of you at points. And that's a point that I want to bring up because it's not all just bells and whistles. It's not all just smooth sailing just because you are disciplined. And you both of you are so disciplined. Sometimes you're doing the best you can, but you simply have too much on your plate. And so maybe talk a little bit how you manage that. But also what I'd like to hear from you girls, what I've always found phenomenal is knowing you're not putting in as much volume as the other runners out there. Knowing that you have to maybe have a little bit, you said economical, Illy, right? Yeah. You have a little bit more quality over the quantity, but believing that that's enough and believing that you can compete at these levels without having to run double the mileage like some of these other athletes are. How do you overcome those kind of things? So we'll start with Rosie. Yeah, well, I do think it's understanding that it's quality over quantity, but it's also um, learning consistency and learning to trust yourself and stay consistent with your plan. Um, with me, I didn't have as tough of a workload as Ileana. I wasn't in IB, but there were times when I'd be in chem lab until 6 or 7 p.m. and then I'd have to go over to the gym to strength train or do my quality one workout and do repeats on the treadmill. And really, I just had to look at each day's goals and just work on those goals one step at a time and um, just believe that if I stay consistent with this kind of training, it'll pay off. And also really just understanding that recovery is important. There was a time when I began to experience deficiencies in my sleeping and recovery. I just wasn't getting in the hours of sleep that I needed. And because of that, my training did suffer a little bit, but I was able to limit that training lower. It prioritized quality over quantity. And as a result, I began to return back to my numbers, back to how good I was feeling before. And HRV was a part of that. Um, HRV is an app um, that you can actually use to measure your stress levels and your heart rate. And so I use that very consistently at some point too, and that helped me return. I think mainly though, for me, it was consistency and also learning that routine will give you control over all the chaos because routine is something that will lead you to succeed and achieve your goals ultimately. It's good to have chaos, but it's good to have routine, to have control over that. That's so well said. I feel like you could teach the education station classes <laughs> we give at this point. What about you, Ileana? For me, similar to Rosie, you just have to focus on what you can accomplish in one day. And you also have to accept that there are time restraints. You might have seven things you need to do or feel you need to do, but you won't have time to do them. And for me, it was really learning that I don't have to do everything. And I dropped some stuff that I was less interested in and I found less important and really focused on the things that I loved or were more difficult for me and made sure that when I had a time to work on something and I was like, if I was working on an English essay, I was going to be working on the English essay. I wasn't going to be going back and forth between anything else. The other thing was sometimes I had to be more flexible. That was really hard for me to learn. I like to have routines, but sometimes you can't have your routine and you have to be willing to change it to accomplish what you need to accomplish on one day. 
No, exactly. It's similar to when we talk about your strength training girls and we say we can probably do a lot less volume, say 30% less volume because we are strength training in specific manners to improve your gait, right? So now your strength is relative to your gait. Right. Mm -hmm. And that saves you time. But just you both mentioned ways that you learn to save time academically as well. I talk about this a lot where you feel like you're keeping so busy, you feel like you must be making progress, but really you might just be spinning your tires and you don't have a lot of traction there, right? So I think that most people could take some lessons from you girls and yet you're still very young and you're beyond your years. I think that most of the time I would love to somehow bottle that up and give it to my next group of kids coming in. It's so hard to coach that, to teach that. And I feel like maybe I can provide a spark, but that athlete has to decide that they're going to put the fuel into the fire to keep it going. Yeah. And, you know, and, and you both have figured out ways to do that that works for you. Rosie, let me ask you, how is collegiate running different from high school running? What's the experience like and how is it different? I'd say it's similar to high school, except you have to be much more independent in the sense that you are driving your own bus. And if you don't drive your own bus, if you don't make your own decisions, then you might get injured, you might hurt yourself, or you might not perform the same way that you want to. And so really in collegiate running, you have to rely on yourself. You have to trust your body well. You have to be able to make your own decisions about training sometimes. Like, hey, maybe I'm not feeling so great today. I need to take a step down. My HRV numbers are off. It is tough to do that, but the independent aspect is one main part of collegiate running. And Ileana, you're about ready to embark on Dartmouth. And what do you think is going to be the major challenge for you going to the other side of the country? You have so many new elements that are coming into your life. And how are you going to tie in maybe training for your first triathlon with that so that you can be successful on all levels? I think the main biggest thing is just not going to be caught up and distractions. It's okay to get caught up a little bit, but not let myself be lost to where I don't really, I feel off center. And just making sure I have enough time to sleep, eat, take like just some time to relax. And for getting the training in, I know it's going to be hard, especially since I won't have a time where I have to be doing something. But I am actually, my dorm, it's nice that it's close to the gym, so that will help. And then also, I'm going to try to make plans and set myself like small internal deadlines saying, you know, I'm going to work out on this day. You know, even if I have a lot of homework, I'm going to just make sure I get in that hour because I know getting in that hour to train will make me happier in the long run. And then also, there's a running club, which I'm planning on joining. I'm going to be looking into the triathlon club. My roommates already had some interest in going to the gym and just making sure I have plans so I have other people to hold me accountable, even if it's not quite the structured way like a coach in my high school team was. That's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. You're such a smooth runner, and you have these long, beautiful limbs. You have a great vessel. I'm excited about you trying the triathlon. I think that that's going to be a lot of fun, and I think that you can get quite good at it if you love it. Next question is going to be more about our culture why do you guys love running? You know, I love to ask this question, but why do you love running, Rosie? Yeah, for, for me, it started out initially uh, just seeing that 
I could put in the hard work and then have success in my goals. But over time, as I continued to run, I got to know the running community. Really, the community is the part that I love the most. And it's probably my why, why I love to run, why I enjoy running. I'd say that the running community is very special in the way that it's very supportive, very encouraging, and it really follows the pyramid of success. If you look at John Wooden's pyramid of success as, I believe, loyalty, uh, cooperation, friendship, and industriousness, uh, some other parts that form the base of the pyramid of success. And I'd say that runners in the running community really follow that pyramid. They follow those values, and that's something that really makes it special. Those do make up the pyramid of success. This isn't scripted. You're just rattling those right off the top of your brain because... No, but it's, it's something true. It. It's something true to the community, and it's something that keeps you going. It's something that teaches you lessons that you need for life as well, aside from running. Even after college, I'll be using those values from the pyramid of success. Yeah, and most people think of running like as punishment, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's odd to people that you would actually love to do this. So it's such a great and refreshing answer to hear that this is about being a part of a community. And there is so much that I have to attribute to the culture because of what you two have contributed. And I've always said that maybe initially as a coach, I had to get the spark going for that culture, but it took over itself to the point where I don't even have to really do much more when new kids come into the program and they see you girls loving your sport the way you do and encouraging them to keep going that is the beauty of it it just right well we looked up to people too who were older than us who had been the program before us and that's just how the community works. You look up to somebody and then somebody looks up to you and it just continues the family. And you see that they were able to do it mm-hmm. and you think, why not me, maybe? Yeah, totally. Eliana, yeah. why do you love running? There's three main reasons I've always kind of came back to running, why I love it. Um, one is I just love being able, it's very freeing. It's, you're doing one thing, you don't have to think about anything else. And just especially when you're out more on easy runs out, especially in the mountains, you can get to places you really can't go hiking. The other reason is it forces me to like be my best self. And there's nothing quite like that feeling where you've pushed yourself to a new level and you've accomplished something new. And then also, even when the other two things, you know, if it's snowing and raining and you're not running outside, or maybe you're not performing as well as you'd like, there was always just the community and the people to be there. And they were always there, both in my best times and also in my times where I was not doing as well as I would have liked. And I would not have expected, you know, three years ago when I came into the gym or four years ago that a lot of the people there would be my closest friends. And we went from running teammates to friends who run together sometimes, but also support each other in all aspects of their lives. I love it. Yeah. As, as a coach, one of my favorite memories of, of you girls is when the Pandola Project went to Boise. We oh, can, yeah. Right? <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. Boise Invitational, it's a national qualifier. A lot of good competition there. A lot of future stars show up there. And it's not about the times, although that was nice, what mm-hmm. happened there. And it's yeah. not about the places necessarily, but that was nice. But, man, we did get a lot of medals that weekend. We got a lot of PRs. It was so cool to see Rosie getting interviewed after she <laughs> after her big win, right? Yes. Yeah. Right? Rosie, you want to talk about that win a little bit? That was your first, like, big win at Boise. Yeah, it was. And, um 
it was a great time and it was after I believe it was after the mile that I ran that day and I, I didn't have any time goal for the 800 because my legs were tired from that mile I ran so hard in that mile which and you got I, second and almost first yeah it was almost no, caught the leader that was a great race but I was looking at the 800 as an opportunity just to practice my mindset uh, this is an opportunity to practice before the actual in-season starts and I attacked the race like I would the last rep of a practice I just focused on myself I focused on my breathing on my steps and on my affirmations as well oh give us your affirmation I, yeah. I love this yeah well um, my affirmations change all the time but right now what I'm using is be tough or I am tough so when I'm going up a hill I can recite that to myself I'll even say it out loud also be positive so I'll use a combination of those two because I tend to sometimes my mind goes astray and I tend to think of negative things. So it really helps me just get back on track, stay focused. And during that Boise race, that's what I did just to stay focused. And I ended up having a PR and a win as well, which was the best that I could ask for. It was such a proud moment for everybody who saw your journey getting to that point. Thanks. And I tell you, smile at the mile. We say that a lot of times. Of course, uh -huh. you can smile in the 800 too. <laughs> I love watching you girls smile when you run, especially when I know you're pushing it and you're still smiling. That's infectious. And the other kids think, well, they're doing it. I'll smile, too. And that makes it a little bit more enjoyable, doesn't it? Definitely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, so, Ileana, what's your favorite memory as a runner? Probably actually Boise, um, our senior year. It was just everyone did really well, but I also, that's not really what I remember. I remember just like smaller moments with the team, both at the meet and then after like eating cinnamon rolls at like 11 o'clock at night in like downtown Boise. And then also probably my favorite moment from that is um, I was running with another of our teammates, Alexis, and we were running in the two mile. It's just the two of us up front. And I look up into the stands and another of our teammate, Hannah, is cheering really loud and she's almost falling off the box. And I remember just thinking that would be so bad if she fell. But that's just is like a symbol of like everything of that weekend and of just my experience in running the support, just being feeling incredibly strong and just being with my friends and doing something I love. Yeah, you ended up running about a minute faster in your two mile from the year before incredible journey and that's what I love about it you're talking about your teammate Hannah you're talking about how you've been able to improve in part because of the support around you and the culture involved with that but that was such a cool race to watch when first and second our Pandola project team ran away from it all and it was so encouraging to watch and then Eric Turner he won the two mile that night too yeah. and we didn't expect that we really didn't go into that meet looking yeah. for those wins did we? No. no, definitely not. You you girls had so much passion and it was so fun watching it. I really didn't care what times you ran. It was just cool watching that process happen. And I love the fact that you brought up that you remember eating cinnamon rolls later on. So yeah. I think that's an important thing to talk about too, because obviously you girls eat really well, you're disciplined, you have great nutrition, but I think that's often a concept too that gets misunderstood. Should, yeah. should you have that cinnamon roll after your meet's 
over and of you, course of course yeah right ice cream right we walked around downtown and had a good time oh and, yeah right? i remember that yeah so it's what it's all about and so of course we're gonna have some cinnamon rolls afterwards you know have some fun right decompress a little bit yeah, yeah. so going back into just lessons of life here being a runner or not and what you've learned through running but what would you say is a life lesson that you could teach to other people maybe other younger athletes coming up or, or just other people in general that you think yeah, that totally. you've learned about Go well, ahead, I Rosa. think there are two things you have to make sure that you're having fun with what you're doing um, it's very easy to go 110% all the time I know I've tried to do that um, and it's really it's not the best way to go you got to make sure that you have those cinnamon rolls that you have that ice cream that you have fun with friends because really you have to enjoy the process as well can't just aim for those fast times you got to be enjoying the process and then also you have to be passionate about what you're doing you have to know your why because if you don't know your why then what's the purpose of even moving forward if you don't know your why why do you even try for your goals what's going to motivate you so I think um, a combination of those two things is really what makes the true athlete and also the best person it allows you to become the best version of yourself when you have those two things passion but you're, you're also having fun with what you're doing and you know your why. Uh, it's so well said. I think if you're going to have a legacy worth living that you have to know your why, you can accomplish things in the short term, I think, when it's more external and, and you don't have necessarily a why to it. Maybe you can have some immediate success or accomplishment, but in the long haul, you have to have that why don't you? Definitely. Yeah. What about you, Ileana? I think the thing that running taught me is that you just don't give up on something you love. I had personally a pretty, didn't really improve my times between my sophomore and junior year of high school. And that was at the moment, it was really tough. But I never really thought about quitting just because to quit on something like I still loved running. There's never a question about that. And just to quit on something I love just would not make me someone who I'd want to be. And I think, you know, even when things do get tough, even when there's a lot going on and you're maybe not accomplishing your goals, if you really love something, I don't care if it's running, athletics, music, art, you just need to keep going because if you do love it, eventually you'll come out on the other side and you'll be much happier for it. And you need to have that passion. And if you have that passion, everything else is minimal. Yeah, I'm so fortunate to work with the great running coach, Bobby McGee. And he wrote the book, Magical Running. I still remember standing out in the parking lot with you outside the gym and you were about ready to leave. I think you were looking at some colleges or something that summer. And you told me that uh, I'm going to be gone for a couple weeks and I'd really like to get something to read because I feel like I need some help here. And um, we talked about magical running. You read that book. You didn't just read it, but you started to really understand what you needed to work on through that journey, through reading that book. You took notes. You ended up blogging, putting yourself through your own personal journey, but with maybe some structure behind that book. And it's like you flipped the switch. You came back. And I remember the very first practice you came back, it was obvious that you were a different mindset. Do you want to talk about just that a little bit? How did you change your mindset so much in just such a short period of time? Yeah, I think 
for one thing, like I had the physical, I had the potential to do it. And I knew that at the point it was just my mindset that was holding me back. But like Matt said, I was going to go off to do like a two week college trip. And my workout, like the last workout before I left was not my best. And I mentally shut down rather than physically shut down. And I knew that I probably would not be getting as much workouts or strength training in as I wanted. Just, you know, I was traveling, just wouldn't happen. But I really wanted to keep improving. And so I was like, I'm going to have a lot of plane rides, a lot of train rides. I decided to ask him for recommendations on something I could do. And he recommended this book. So while I was, you know, at the airport, on the plane, I just read one chapter at a time and journal. And just throughout the course of two weeks and then like another week and a half after I came back, I got through the book and I made sure I'd only did one chapter at a time, never more. And I really spent time thinking about that chapter and completely understood how it applied to what he was saying applied to me and how it could help me. That's fantastic. So I like the acronym LOVE. So learn, understand, and verify. And then that's, I think, so often we're not looking enough at the mindset part of competition or in anything you want to succeed on in life. And yet we all agree that it's probably the most important part. So to be able to do that, and especially as a young athlete, you know, as a coach, I'm always trying to get my athletes to pay a little bit more attention to their daily mindset, to affirmations, power words, things like this. But I always say that it's really that journey or that logging every day and starting to take a step-by-step approach to understand yourself just a little bit better every day. It's a struggle. It's a struggle to, especially with young athletes, to get them to be able to understand how important that ritual can be. And Rosie, you especially made a huge turn for yourself mentally and you've always been one of my best loggers for sure. So let's just finish with that part there. How did you improve in your mindset through journaling, through logging? Yeah, so initially when I was journaling, I don't think that I was really journaling the right way. I was maybe unleashing a whole load of feelings into a notebook of paper versus really writing down the actual concrete facts. What can I work on? What did I do well during this race or practice? And recently, within the past few months, I've made a huge turn with my journaling in the way that I've begun to only journal when I believe that I've had a successful or possibly damaging workout or race, and I learn from that experience, good or bad. And so I've been really trying to minimize my notes but write what matters. So what can I do the next time? What can I try new? So that I'm always constantly learning. And uh, really, I, I call it my learning journal now. So I, I really just try to learn from my experiences so that I don't keep making that same mistake. I can now fail forward versus failing backwards. I love it. And you just said another huge power word there, too, failing forward. It's so important that people understand that in order to get better, they're going to fail. Exactly. And you make the choice that you're going to fail forward, right, by right. taking control. And, and it's okay to have pity over yourself or to feel bad if you have a a terrible workout or a race and that's totally fine but it's crucial that you take note of what you can do differently and that you learn from that experience yeah man yeah man hey girls what do you want to be when you grow up i'm still trying to figure that out for myself so but (laughs) uh when you grow up what do you want to be what's the main goal for you when you grow up i would love to work with athletes i would also like to go to medical school 
And so I might be doing a combination of both. I'm also studying everything in college right now. So I'm taking a macroeconomics course, art history, kind of taking the whole entire plethora of courses. And so really, I'm looking at a combination of things. And I hope to be an orthopedic surgeon, perhaps, or maybe a coach on the side. Something that allows me to help people, but also help athletes. Wonderful. Well, those future athletes are going to be so lucky to have a coach like you. Thanks. What about you, Ellie? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, so I really want to travel for my job. I definitely have the travel bug, and I would like to be able to do that through my work. I'm currently planning on doing a minor in international affairs, so maybe go, I don't really know what path I would take me, but maybe corporate or law or health. But I just know that I want to continue seeing new things, exploring new places, and that I've already decided is a really important part of what what my job path is. So who knows, maybe I'll find something I love in college and it'll become a little more clear, but that's what I'm planning on for now. I will just finish with both of you girls are the reason why coaching is so rewarding. The culture is why it's been so special to me and to be a part of that. And I couldn't be more proud of both of you girls I have a little seven-year-old, as you know, Mia, mm-hmm. and the best compliment I could say is that I hope that one day she's going to be able to follow in your footsteps with the things that you've learned, things that you've accomplished, of course, being her own person, but I would not be any prouder as a coach or as a father. A better person makes a better athlete, and a person that ends up like you two have, I couldn't be any prouder. So thanks for coming today. It was such a great experience to have you here, so special for me. And I know that the people listening today learned a lot about how to fail forward. I love that, Rosie. We're going to fail forward. Let's do that. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. man. Oh, wasn't that the sweet? this ending to a podcast ever (laughs) yeah man thank you for listening to the pendola project if you like the show share it around tell a friend write a review on your podcast app and you can always send us an email pendola project at gmail.com and if you don't know how to spell pendola i'll give you a hint it's right there on your screen we're also on facebook and instagram we'll talk to you next time